0: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with host Lou Weiss, who is the president of All Metals and Forge Group and the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. And our guest today is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business. He sits down with us every month and the first of the month when they issue this report to talk about how manufacturing is doing. Tim, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, good to be here, uh, Tim and Lou. Good to see you
0: guys. Good seeing you. Well, I trust the uh, the convention went well, and uh, that you're getting a lot of uh, good information. How is manufacturing doing at the moment?
1: Oh, boy, So
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's you know, so let me start off with the good, and there's a lot of good here. And actually, you know the way it is with a bunch of variables. what you do variables, you eliminate, the variables, you, you take them one of the, you get 10 variables, you take the, the you know one out, you get nine, then you get eight. Then you're left with one variable. That that one variable that we're kind of left with now is really what does the future economy look like for the United States? That's the one variable. That, and that's that means we've solved a lot of the other variables, supply chain problems, hiring problems, uh, CapEx, productivity, all that. It's, we seem to have solved that. So let me kind of start off with saying that Our production number, which is really a surrogate for revenue, came in at 51 and some change. So we're actually expanding our billings compared to April, which in a recessionary environment, you don't do that. You see a decline. So we all kind of focus on the new order number, you know, which is the future primarily. It's not so much this month. It's really the future. And it's a concern because if new orders are drying up, you have an impact on backlog, which we'll talk about later. But the
2: revenue is at the meantime, go ahead. And you're also going to have a negative impact on production in the future.
1: In the future, yes. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, you run a business, you know the way it is. You got expenses. You got to cover the expenses and you hope to end up a little bit left over. Well, if your revenue is the same or better than the prior month, you're probably in a better position to do that. If your revenue is declining, it's a different conversation. Our hiring side, our quits rate stepped up a little bit in May compared to April. But not significantly. So we're back, and you know people are leaving jobs again, which is probably summer related. Uh, you know some dynamic going on there. I think there's still a ton of concern about future economy, which I think is a natural headwind to people quitting a job because if you're the last one in, you're the first one to get fired. But, okay, so our headcount management levels are still very consistent in the last five months or so. We're still running a 1 to 4 1.4 to 1 hire versus force manage remember remember we peaked at 20 to 1 we had 21 companies 20 of them were hiring only one was not one was freezing one was attriting one was laying off we're now sitting at somewhere around of you know of three companies one in that you know 1.8% of them are hiring the other 1.2% are trying to manage headcount down through attritions, freezes and layoffs so that's still it's still in that same range too close for me to say it's really changed that much. But what I will say is that the percent on the headcount reduction level, the percent of layoffs of that has been very consistent for the last four or five months. So there hasn't been a wide scale effort of companies to lay off people. Now, you can ask yourself the question why that is. Revenues are still pretty good. You don't wanna give away those people you worked really hard to get and then to train because we know we hired a whole bunch of people that didn't even know their way to the restroom, let alone how to operate something. So we spent six to nine months training them, and you don't want to let them go. And we started the year with a lumpy first half and a more optimistic second half, actually a pretty strong second half. The the forecast update that we just released last month indicates that, well, maybe the second half is going to be more late in the second half. And I, I think we're probably easing closer and closer to Q4. Because I did get comments this month about first half of 2024 being recessionary, so th- this is all kind of a function of a soft landing versus a hard landing, which we'll get into before the show is over. So let me stay on the positives. So you know the higher to force manage is still you know pretty stable. Nobody's pulling the ripcord yet, primarily because the billings are still good. But remember, we're coming up to the end of Q2, and, a, and an announcement to investors. About what the rest of the year looks like. So, you know, and with the decline in backlog, it's going to be a really interesting conversation about what what the panelist companies decide to tell people. But we'll get to that. So, we got input material flowing the best it has since the pandemic. It's the material is flowing really well. Now there are some exceptions, of course. We still have electrical components, electronic components that are still a problem two and a half years later. We saw the chips problem is not as bad, but it's still there. And it, over time, it will st- it'll diminish. But overall, the flow of material has been much better. we got manufacturing inventories contracting again in, in an environment where future demand is uncertain. Our billings currently are pretty stable. We all overordered. We expected a bunch of that overordering to end up in manufacturing inventory. It hasn't. And that's a a direct result of a soft landing. Uh, the soft landing has given us all the time we needed to kind of work that off. And we've worked that off to the point where we're actually reducing our own inventory levels, which in a soft environment, you always see that number go up. So, okay, that's a positive. I mentioned export orders, I think. They're stable, 50, last month 49 and some change. So, and that's a big surprise, a big positive surprise, is that Europe and to some extent China It's doing pretty well, it's not in the low 40s. So, all right, 20% of manufacturing GDP is exports. So it's good to know that that leg on the stool is doing pretty good. We got prices dropping in the low 40s. That's, you know, we we all wanna, we wanna see, unless prices costs drop, we're never gonna see the bottom of this. And we haven't found the bottom yet, but with prices declining, that's very positive. I feel really good about that. And if you look at the fundamentals, most of it's probably commodity driven. Steel prices got too high again, 1200 bucks a short ton. Now, indications are it's coming down. Uh, Plant utilization is up in the high 70s again, which is good. Aluminum is coming down a bit. Copper declining probably because China's not performing like people thought it would. So, And buyers are looking to load up their order books. So they're dropping prices, which is what you want. And then the final good thing here is that lead times, are coming down. So the com- I, 28% of my headline comments indicated that lead times were coming down. Finally, I think I've been reporting they're coming down for the last couple of months, but our numbers didn't show it. We took 8% off of the lead time, uh, April to May. So, okay, you got prices coming down. You got lead times coming down. You got backlog really down. So let, let's get into the negatives. The negative here is that where's the demand? Where is it? We said this last month. People are still not placing orders. Sorry about the background noise. He'll he'll move along here in a second. <laughs> he just so happened he decided to cut underneath my window as I as I did my monologue here. All right, go ahead. <laughs> keep, keep moving. Keep moving. All right, hold on a second. Okay, I'm making noise. <laughs> Sorry, we you don't hear it. me. Am I good? You hear you. We don't hear the lawnmower. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. So the the downside is. We got, what, nine months, I think, nine nine months of weak new orders. And now, you know, another bad month of weak, weak, 42 and some change. That's pretty weak. That's that's not comforting. But you couple that with the fact that backlog now is 2009 levels. We haven't seen a backlog number since 2009 at that extent. That's alarming. So, as we talked about in the show, you got lead time, you got – people working on uh, backlog and working on their overdue in the absence of new orders. So we finally chewed up all of that backlog. Now what do we do? what do, What do we do? Without new orders coming back, then it's time to start looking at structural changes to your cost structure. So that's why I think you know as we close first half here in June, we've had a, a good first half, revenue wise, it exceeded expectations because the slow landing really just delayed a landing, whatever that landing is. We were hoping at the beginning of the year to go through the soft landing and start to take off before the quarter the half ended, that's not gonna happen. So, you know, now we have to look and say, look, my order book is thin, my backlog is gone. Everybody, the CEOs are gonna look to their salespeople and say, what does the future look like? So, you know, in June, May, in, in May and in June, they're going to be on the phone constantly. I need orders. I need orders. Well, your prices are too high. Okay, I'll drop my prices. Well, your lead, lead time is too high. Okay, I'll drop my lead time. All right, where's the orders? Well, I don't know. Maybe since I don't know what the future looks like, you're going to have to build the stuff yourself and hold on to it because I'm not committing to it. This is, this is what's happening right now. Because... Uh- in, in the absence of uh, new orders and backlog coming back, it's, I mean, if backlog hits 45 or less next month, oh, boy. I mean, you, you got to hope that backlog is going to be 50 next month, and I don't think it's going to be. So uh, you get all these CEOs going to their investors, whether it's a bank, you know, a family or a public company. And people are saying, what does the future look like? Jeez, I don't know. So you got your sales guys trying to get more business, they'll be semi-successful, they won't be fully successful. And because their customers are gonna turn to them and say, you go ahead and build it on your nickel, I'm not gonna give you an order so you can ship it to me, because I'm, I'm concerned about liquidity. So here we go, June and July, gonna be, it's gonna be fun. But, but the summary on all this, I think is structurally, we've never been in a better position since the pandemic. Lead times are better, prices are better, Suppliers are delivering faster. We got enough headcount. We got revenue at an acceptable level. So, so now it really just comes down to, and, and we're our inventory levels are low. Suppliers probably have quite a bit. The customers are claiming that they have too much. So where are we going to next? To your point, and I know you don't like make, liking,
2: making uh, predictions, does this all mean that interest rates are not gonna be increased this coming month? I've had that question
1: like four times today. And Uh, my answer to it is-
2: Original. Yeah,
1: (laughs) my answer is, I'll go with the consensus on that. I think the bigger, there's two other questions, Lou. The first one is how well is manufacturing positioned to respond to a growth or a decline? And I, I think the answer to that is we've never been better positioned for any change in the environment. And the second question is, is a soft landing good? And like we've talked about in the show several months, I'm not so sure. It's been good for the overordering position. It's been good for managing inventory across the entire greater supply chain, customers, panelists, their suppliers. But what has resulted is, is a huge amount of uncertainty. So that in our forecasts, we thought we were gonna expand CapEx percent 2020 we're now that a couple of tenths so no capex which means no new orders for capital equipment for long life durable goods not happening so okay then you know w- without knowing what the future looks like are you going to hold on to those people when your backlog is gone and you don't have new orders coming in i don't so think he- you can so a headline for this show is In spite
2: of the ISM number continuing to drop, we've never been in a better position, which is a bit of a conflicting story. But would you agree with that comment? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I would. We've never been in a better position to respond to growth or decline, ever. and Well, in my seven years doing this, we've never had everything. And the slow landing provided that. It gave us the ability to kind of, but the one thing that we've done outside of, of all of this is we've kept headcount. Overall, we've kept headcount. And that's because it was so painful to get the proper headcount over the last two and a half years, everybody was reluctant to let them go. And we were hoping that, you know, we kind of come down into the trough, start to recover, we'd hold on to those people during that period, because we got price growth through pass-throughs to customers. But but now we're running out of order book. And we still got the people where's the orders? So, and, and you know, this has been, this has been going on easily since early April. Where's the orders? Where's the orders? Where's the orders? Right. So, right. Uh, and here we are now going into June and the orders are not showing up. They're actually getting worse. The other, the other thing I want to point out is, you know, uh, there's five criteria I'm watching here to indicate to me a recovery. And I think, you know, you get three of those five heading in the right direction and it's starting to feel good. You know, the, the first one is the percent of industries under 45. And um, and we'll talk about that. I think that's a big indicator there. Second one is chemical products recovery. It's not recovering. So and th- so that means the underlying demand, six tiers down in the bill of material, is not materializing. Which probably indicates that when it starts to materialize, we're probably a couple of months to maybe a quarter away from seeing it at the higher level industry sectors. The higher to fire ratio... It's still, we're not seeing more freezes, attritions, and layoffs than we are hiring. So that's negative. Transportation disruptions, there aren't any transportation disruptions. No comments at all about transportation cost growth or being able to get equipment. So that's a negative, too, for growth. And until we start seeing that anxiety, we're not growing. And the last one is manufacturing lead times. That's the only positive, is that for sure, we got confirmation that lead times are coming down. So let's go back to the first one, the percent industries performing under 45 uh, of our own PMI under 45. So we ended up with 31% in the, month of, uh, in the month of May, up from 12%. That by itself doesn't worry me too much. We peaked out at 34%, I think in December. What bothers me is that there are two or three big industry sectors, computer and electronics, food and beverage, that were like 45-4, could have very easily been 44-9 or 45, which would have put it in the other bucket. But if it went in the other bucket, now we're talking 60% of manufacturing GDP declining under 45. Now that's, a, that's warning bells, those, those are warning bells. Uh, it's, it's interesting because if I take the top six industry sectors and I look at their new order number, it absolutely mirrors the new order number for all 18 industry sectors. Mm-hmm. So if I watch these top six, like I've said from the beginning, they're the bellwethers because they drive 70% of manufacturing GDP. And you get a couple more of them falling into 45 or less. Right now, the only one in there, I think is, now there's two. Uh, one of them being uh, chemical products. You get a couple more, you get computer electronics, the number one industry sector at 16% falling in there. That thirty-one number now goes to forty-seven. Uh, you get one other in there. You know, call it uh, food and beverage. No food, yeah, food and beverage. That's throwing another eleven percent in. Now we're now we're close to sixty, and that that's a warning. But you know, the point on all this is that June's going to be a really interesting PMI month because we're we're properly positioned here. We're ready to go. Uh, I don't see a starter pulling a pistol. I don't see him shooting the gun and. Here we go, in an expansion. And I think this is a direct result of a soft landing that we still haven't landed yet.
2: To your Again, to your point, June and July, August are not typically go get him and fire the pistol months. So uh, we're facing not a real, I would think, we're not facing a real good expansion coming these next
1: three summer months.
0: Yeah, you could argue.
1: Right, good point, Lou. I mean, we we might be in this thing until September, October that are pretty good manufacturing months. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I think now, next either, month I'll see more comments way, about recession in 2024. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, I probably
2: have never gotten as many emails from trucking companies asking if we have truckload quantities to go yeah uh, i i must have gotten in the last two weeks 10 15 emails from various trucking companies begging for business right so there's that's also a signal
1: right you know, but i i will say you know based on my general knowledge especially when i was with all the ism people a couple of weeks ago that uh new equipment in the Transportation sector is still struggling. The automotive side is clearing up. I think there were 60 days inventory on lots up from 20, uh, which is probably a combination of them performing better on the delivery standpoint, as well as demand kind of softening a little bit because of interest rates. But you know, the, the trucking side is more about look, this equipment wears out. We need our new. We need the new equipment, and I'm not hearing that it's being. It's really improving that much. the standpoint of on-time delivery and availability i I, i'm thinking that the lead times are still well in excess of normal and and that dealers still do not have trucks on their lots to sell to a walk-in customer so you know that in combination of the fact that you got uh probably independents or small companies out looking for work is uh, a bit alarming Tim, i am just
0: curious how aerospace is doing
1: yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I got a lot of comments. Really, I'm going to talk about the defense sector. I got several comments from panelists that have a strong defense book that indicated that orders are flowing, which uh, which I think is good. I'm I'm surprised. You know, it, it took this long to get you know uh, replenishment orders in place for munitions and uh, military gear after you know all the depletion of the inventory we've gone through in a year. But okay, it's happening now, which is good, and it's flowing down the supply chain i mean i, I think arrow is probably it's probably got to be 20 22 percent of uh, transportation equipment transportation equipment is still positive we're still expanding not heavily but we're still expanding so uh and they're still having trouble with deliveries material deliveries so um yeah it's it's like a the transportation equipment sector is still a little bit of an outlier compared to the other 17 it's which is good
0: how does consumer confidence figure in your report Tim?
1: Well, it eventually makes its way to to us, you know, um, and, and and I'm not sure what to say about sentiment and confidence. I mean, it, it, you know, the people who are. I I think it kind of ties back to soft landing, hard landing. The longer you go on and not getting to the trough, the more people that are concerned about longer term debt for themselves. And you know, we ta- already talked about you know the uh, the housing industry being removed from super PCE because you know that's gonna be impacted by interest rates, but you know it takes some time for rents to drop because people sign one-year leases and stuff. So take that out. If you really wanna be in tune with what's happening with inflation, take all that, take the food out, take the energy out, take the housing out and see what's happening with PZ. But we're still sitting at a you know high threes, I think. So, uh, you know, pe- people are, are. I know my it's mid-career with me. If I was sitting in today's environment, I probably would keep driving that car longer. You know, I I would not be out looking for a new house. I just just wouldn't because, you know, who who knows what does the bottom look like? I I, I don't feel, I don't think the bottom is going to be an ugly bottom. It's not like, you know, going through purgatory. I just don't, I don't see the, I don't, I don't see the bottom like 2009 great recession where there's a huge amount of uncertainty because all the banks were collapsing. You know, the, the foundation that we, that capitalism lives on was crumbling. I don't see that happening. But I mean, I have a different attitude now towards what, what happens over the cycles. And if I'm a 35 year old or a 40 year old, I, I haven't built up that wisdom yet. And I'd be concerned about investments and to the point where you might even be concerned about expenses like expensive trips and Disney World and overseas, you might because you know who else who wants to end up you eating bread eating white bread versus rye
0: (laughs) well meanwhile
1: meanwhile you
2: hear uh with regards to the travel industry they're all raving about what's going to be happening over the next three months
1: yeah i I think that's you know on, on tony's side that's you know really a positive thing and i and i I live near in both of my places. I, I have I live near a runway approach zone, pretty much. i I can see the aircraft, and I'll tell you in the one year time where I'm at now, uh, it's a big difference. There's a lot more planes coming in. Yeah, and peak pandemic is like when is there a plane going to fly by?
2: <laughs>
1: the, the only guys that flew by were UPS and FedEx. You know now it's like I, there's a and it comes in. You know it comes in bunches, and there'll be ten at a time, and so that's, hey, that's all good, but that's why let's let's finish the show here on the comments around is a soft landing good or is a hard landing good hard landings are painful because people get separated but they they generally don't last as long and you start talking about growth soft landings have a price to pay too, and that price is indecision and that eventually if you're not getting if and and maybe a no landing i don't know that a no landing will work but if you think about this whole thing about getting the two percent, and then the Fed will back off, but there won't be a lot of accommodative support by them like we've had for ten years, you know, buying bonds and things and zero interest rates. I, you know, I may not see that for fifteen years, but okay, with no landing, what what happens here? So if if you can stop the PCE, super PCE. From growing any more than 0.12 percent per month, then you're at your goal. You're at your goal, and I think right now, you know, take four divided by 12, you're at 0. 0.3. So, you know, they in rough numbers. So they still need to get to no more than a 0. 0.12 or 0.14 percent growth month to month. And when they get there, we're home, and then they'll step. No more interest rate increases. I don't see him dropping them right away cuz they'll give that some time to kind of work its way out. You know, and the fed balance sheet hasn't really played into this yet. We're still sitting at 8.7 trillion dollars of US owned securities or bonds, you know, tre- treasury bonds and mortgage-backed bonds. That's and I think we peaked at 8.9 trillion. So, and what what the the blip there was they had to step in and support those banks. And and that added 200 billion dollars of Fed balance sheet stuff. So they were supposed to be declining 60 billion a month and they, about a year ago, and they're, they're not there. So that's that other piece that at some point that has to kind of come back down and we'll see what that does to, to the economy. Because they're, they're essentially sucking money out of the economy
0: at that point. Well, Tim, we are out of time but we appreciate you being with us and we appreciate the fact that we get more than just a sound bite from ISM with both you and Tony. So thanks again for being our guest.
1: Okay, guys, you bet. Good to have you. Good to be here with you. And I'll see you. Like I said, June's gonna be really interesting because that's gonna set up the environment for the the rest of the year. And well, thanks and that,
2: for the good, thanks for the good news based on the decline. It, it's, I'm it's, not sure how everyone's gonna view that, but,
1: but we go with the pro. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like I need some certainty here. I, I, I need some. Once I get to certainty, either let the people go or grow the business. It's gonna be one or the other. And in, in June, we're gonna kind of see that. Like I said, let's watch that production number. If it comes down 45, 40, anything below 48, then all we right, right, you're, you're gonna see an earning, a disappointing earning season with people adjusting their EPS for the rest of the year. And, okay, all right, let's thanks get on for being, with it.
0: Thanks for, for being with us.
1: All right, you bet guys, thanks, take care.
0: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.